Blog Talk Radio. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> okay. All right. brand name, like Pepsi, that's a brand name, I stand behind it, I guarantee it, they know that, even if they don't know me any more than they know the, the, the chairman of General Mills, what, what I'm right? talking about is, when you chop my dope down, one, two, three, four, five percent, and then you call it Blue Magic, that is trademark infringement, you understand what I'm saying? y'all and I am here it is not tell the truth Tuesday but it is in my mind it is Wednesday September 21st 2016 and so I decided that I wanted to do a show today in the middle of the day just to show y'all that I do the shit when I want to okay I don't have to you know do anything Okay, I could do a show seven days a week if that's what I wanted to do, but because of content and making sure and we're going to start having guests back on the show and things as such so I am, uh, you know, wanting to get some things off my chest because, again, it was Tell the Truth Tuesday, and I had an event to go to with a young lady that I worked with extensively for a few years, and um, she uh, was, um, she invited me to come out to a Neo Soul Tuesday, which is at um, Duke's Bohemian Grove Bar and Grill or whatever. It's in Allentown. It's in Buffalo. Very cute area. Um, so I always want to call it CBGB, but I can't because it's it's DBC, whatever it is. But it's, it's very eclectic, and actually it's the place that I was taking photos in on my birthday, if you're on my Instagram account. You would see that. Um, so I'm actually, you know, I actually was there last night. It's the place where I posted all that stuff with the little Illuminati. Illuminati. They had different um, decorations and things like that. And it's a really cool place. Small, intimate place to go on a date. Very cute. So we go there. We listen to some, you know, live music. And these are the things because for the last three weeks I've been taking it easy. I've been upping my mileage every day because I want to do my fibroid story. Um, and shout out to A. Benton. She is a female that I used to lovingly um, watch because I, I love um, the Huffington Post and the realness and the different genres and segments that they have. Um, if you guys are not familiar with the Huffington Post, it's a um, it's a publication, but it's also ran by Ariana Huffington. So. <laughs> um, but A. Benton actually was um, diagnosed with cancer, so she's actually been sharing her cancer journey on that page from on her uh, Instagram page from the time that she shaved her head to diagnosis to the finishing last bell of um, chemo. So shout out to her. I love to see women get dealt a hand, and it's so crazy because I had been following her prior to this because she's a writer as well and a business person and um, and a mother, and she had actually quit her job at the Huffington Post to go out on this new venture, probably not even 30 days after she did that, was diagnosed with cancer. 
So I can't imagine, you know what I'm saying, like thinking like, geez, you know, I, I took this big step and now, you know, I'm I'm sick. So it's the same kind of feeling that I get when I'm physically not able to do something because I'm sick. So I have taken the last three weeks off as far as not, you know, doing inventory, not doing anything, and just took the time to relax, to let my body heal, to let myself, you know, get back to normal now that the baby's back in school. And I was calling the baby, but he's 12. Um, so I had some difficult conversations with my son over the last week because, you know, his mouth. And so everyone thinks that I'm just this great parent and things like that. No, I got shit with me too, just like with my child. Um, and so although my child is obedient and he's very respectful to adults, his mouth and I know he gets it from me, and he's always trying to help somebody, and he's always sticking his nose in places where it doesn't goddamn belong, you know, trying to defend people that would not defend him and wouldn't throw a grape for him in a fruit fight. So I get a call from the office, and, you know, my son is on the phone trying to explain. I said, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear nothing, okay? The bottom line is this. Whatever happened, you got caught, and you got sent to the office. I said, in my day, bullying was if somebody was beating the crap out of you every single day, Okay, and then finally you just couldn't take it anymore and then bashed him in the head with a rock. That that was bullying. Bullying was not all this shit where people are, you know, oh, so-and-so said this. I don't give a fuck what so-and-so said, okay? I, I really don't. I don't care what he said, as long as he don't touch you. Now, he touch you, I'll go to bed for you all day, as evidenced by, you know, things that went on in my son's elementary school. And, I, you know, when he's wrong, he's wrong, but when he's right, he's right. And as a parent, I have to defend that. But I also cannot defend what happened with Terrence Critcher, I can't defend that, terrifies me that my son has an opinion and that he knows better and that he will challenge a teacher when it comes to the Magna Carta and certain individualized writings or, or even in religion. And I told him, I said, you know, I hate, and, and it upsets me to have to say this, but I said, you need that piece of paper because I, I'm not going to homeschool you. I'm not equipped to do that, and to me, he needs the social skills because he doesn't have siblings, not here. And um, I'm just, I'm not that type of parent, you know. Yeah, I made his baby food, yeah, you know, whatever, but I'm not I'm not a homeschool parent. You need to be socialized. So, um, and he, that's mainly what he goes to school for. Like, the, the, the schoolwork is nothing for him, you know. Um, and I think that, I, I Like I explained to him, I said, I was telling him about myself, Aunt Kendra, Aunt Kendra, you know, Saladin, his godfather. You know, sometimes, and, and, and I hate to say this, like I, I really don't want to say it, but I, have to, I, had, I had to tell him this. Sometimes you have to not so much dumb it down, but you have to dim your light. And so they don't need to know that on the weekends you are a master marksman at the gun club. They don't need to know that. They don't need to know that you're doing your studies with your godfather, Saladin, as far as the teachings of, you know, the 5% nation and things like that. doesn't mean we're Muslim. It just means that that's what he identifies with, okay? He, he grew up in the church. He, he, went, he was going to Without Walls and all that, and I've discussed that before. We went to mega churches, you know, and it just was mega bullshit in the end. Um, so I don't have to go to a church and sit in, in a building in an edifice just on Sundays just to worship. I worship every day. So I worship the universe. I worship God. I worship, you know what I'm saying, everything that I'm supposed to in this lifetime. So I don't need anybody telling me where I need to send donations and checks and everything else. I donate every day. So to my own community, to my own church home, okay, things that I have faith in, okay, 
and that's what it is. Church is just a building. So, you know, I have to explain to my son, like, sometimes you just need to shut up. You know, and, and, and these are things that hopefully are going to save your life one day. I said, look at this guy, Terrence Kutcher. I said, he didn't do anything. Okay? He didn't do anything. Can you imagine if he would have been talking the way that you talk to me or the way that you want to have sass back, as, as my grandparents would say, you want to have sass back to your teacher or, or, or try to, you know, correct another child or something like that? They would have blew his brains out maybe five minutes before they, they already did blow his brains out. You see what I'm saying? So I'm trying to teach him because I'm terrified for him to be one of those kids that presents like Malcolm X and ends up saying that's actually not true and this, that, and the third, and then getting into this whole situation and debate about it. Go to school, get your paper, we'll do the conquering of the world on the weekends, okay, and in the summertime. And it's unfortunate I have to tell him that. But he needs to learn obedience and he needs to learn respect for adults doesn't matter whether it's a police officer, a teacher, his mother, anybody. You need to learn that if an adult is speaking, you need to shut your mouth. You don't need to have an excuse as to why this happened. My son has an excuse for everything, and I know this because he's my son. He got the gift of gab. If he didn't get anything, he, he literally is my child. You know, we're, we're looking forward right now. I also ran into uh, my girlfriend, Shantina Moore. She's actually an architect by trade. But she is in a, a play called The Submission. Um, it's by Jeff Talbot. It's directed by Lorna C. Hill. And it's at the Ujima Theater. Um, and it's actually uh, it's done by the Ujima Theater, the Ujima Company. So that's the people that are acting in it. And um, as of 9-16, the, so, the show was sold out. So we all, when we were kids coming up in, in my generation in the 90s, we all had shit that we did at school. We went to school. We all were in honors classes, accelerated classes. My, my friend Kendra, she graduated, I think, in top ten. She wasn't valedictorian, but she was in the top ten, the only black person, as far as I know. You know, that's a huge deal. You know what I'm saying? So we went to school. We, you know what I'm saying, excelled at that. And then on the weekends, we went to the Paul Robeson Theater in Buffalo. We went and took dance lessons, African dance lessons. We did all this shit back in the 90s. So who we were in school was not indicative of who we were outside of school. We were conscious, young black girls, you know what I'm saying, who had parents that would have whooped our ass if we would have been out there being quote-unquote fast and so on and so forth. We weren't allowed to wear the clothes at dots because they was cheap and they was going to mess up. We got two pairs of shoes <laughs> to start school, one a pair of sneakers and one a pair of like Buster Browns or something from Sears because that's what they could afford, you know. So it was really great to see Tina going back into the acting role and we had a, a serious conversation because if you've ever seen her she's she's she kind of like she's like me she has these big eyes these big bright white teeth big hair you know what i'm saying just as soon as i seen her i'm like i know that's her and she's so tiny you know so i'm in these like probably five inch heels last night with just like a top on you know and some jeans which i never wear jeans out but i'm gonna start because I got a, a cop two pairs from Banana Republic, thank God, and they fit, and life is great, and I feel excited about it. So I see her. She's telling me about the plan. I said, you know, I'm really proud of you. And we were just talking about how proud we were of each other, you know, that we not, nothing really changed. And so what's funny is 
because she went to a neighboring high school, which now in our in our town, because you know in our city it's all one school, and because she went to a neighboring high school, she wasn't aware that Kendra and I did acting as well on the weekends, and that I actually had gotten into NYU, but we were so freaking poor that when they asked me to send a videotape of a monologue, because that's very typical of what they do, my family, we didn't have, you know what I'm saying, a, a video recorder. We didn't have it. There was no VHS tape, and I remember my mother very distinctively saying to me, you know, I think you're a great actor, you know. But she goes, you know how many great actors there are that are starving? That's why they call it starving artists. And I remember my mom, you know, and it's not that she influenced my decision because I don't regret any of it because if it wasn't for the fact that I went to Pace University and then, and then I went to Pitt and then I have degree in, you know, psychology and neuroscience and things like that, I wouldn't be as well, do as well as I do at my job, at talking to young women, talking to young men. I wouldn't have understood my mother as much had I not researched what the fuck was going on and what was wrong with her. But at the same time, I said, you know, I was asking her about programs for my son. Because one thing our parents did that I don't think that a lot of parents do right now is they focus on one sport. So you're either going to play football or basketball. There's other sports, you know. <laughs> there's other sports, black people. And not just that, there's other things they could be doing. They should be learning an instrument. One thing about kings and queens back in the day, when they were, before they went into coronation, Okay, they were versed in several languages, they were versed in literature, they were able to play several instruments, they were able to dance. I mean, they literally had to have it all. So while you out here throwing a guillotine at people, you can also do a nice little jit, foxtrot, whatever it is that you need to do. And I believe in that. I believe that our children, black children, white children, doesn't matter, should be versed in other things other than just going the fuck to school Monday through Friday and just that's it, you're just going to play football, or that's it, you're just going to play basketball. So currently, he'll do his shooting lessons from, because it's his first year of school, first year of junior high, I was like, okay, well, we'll get you acclimated to that, because you're talking about a kid that has to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's God's hours. I don't, you know what I'm saying, I'm just not going to bed at that time. So he's doing well, he's socializing well, but I told him this is now where we start to see what kind of person that you're going to end up into, you know what I'm saying? So you start to find yourself. What I don't want is I don't want to find you in the principal's office again. I said, because now you have labeled yourself as this little black boy that can't shut the fuck up or this little black boy that is disruptive. You know what I'm saying? And I, I told him, I said, you don't want that stigma being attached to you. I said, as black people, you know, and I, it's painful to have this conversation. And it's the same conversation uh, Olivia Pope's father had with her on Scandal. And it's the same conversation that every black parent, especially the parents of girls, have, which is you have to do everything a hundred times better than anybody else just to even be recognized because you are black. So it was never a big deal. It was like, okay, I'm going to go in here, I'm going to smash this. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, I, I know I'm not supposed to be running long distance to mile, two mile, mile, really, but I'm going to go out here and I'm going to smash this. I made state finals every year. But I did other things. There was never not a time that I wasn't doing anything. You know, there was no such thing as I'm just going to sleep in this Saturday. No, it was get your ass up, clean. I had stepbrothers and sisters. I was running with them. Then I would catch the bus sometimes to go see my great-grandmother who lived in Buffalo. I would go to, the, you know, the the um, the Paul Robeson Theater then. Kendra and I would go. I mean, 
all it was about was just doing other stuff that had nothing to do with our city. So now the city is coming up with other things. Shout out to Seth Piccarillo, who has actually just opened up a skate park. My son's not a skater, but I think it's a great opportunity for kids to have some place to go and some place to do. So as I'm sitting here having to have these conversations with my son about the art of being quiet, you know, another black man gets killed, you know, and I'm just very terrified for my son that he will be not disrespectful because he's not a disrespectful child, but he'll be trying to explain himself, you understand what I'm saying, and be killed for doing so. Okay, so these are the things that I that that me as a parent that's very different from in the 90s. In the 90s, all we had to worry about was be home when the street lights come on. If I call this number where you tell me you at and you're not there, I'm beating your ass and don't get pregnant, because if you get pregnant, I'm not going to take care of the baby. And my mother was very serious about that. She was like, you ain't going to make me no young grandmother. I was terrified to have sex. I didn't even want to do it. Okay, and I was grown. So, you know what I'm saying? There was a matter of fact, my mother was pregnant with my sister with my sister Marissa, my senior year of high school, and I'm looking at her with the side eye like, "You going to tell me, you know what I'm saying, not to get pregnant." But she she got married again and so on and so forth. But, you know, as I'm sitting here talking about you know, goals and dreams, I had stated to um Shantina, I said, "You know, when we were kids, it was either you're going to live out your dream or you're going to go make money. Coming from a poor environment, and it's so funny because you can ask anybody that grew up in our era, we didn't know we was poor. We didn't know we was poor until we really got out into the world and was like, damn, we were just poor. Like we, You know what I'm saying? Like people having these huge extravagant birthday parties and just, you know, eating shrimp and lobster, and we're just like, really? We barely could get a fish fry on a Friday from McLeod. They used to be across the street from, you know, where, where my, my parents live. So, you know, Shantina is back. She is in the, the play called Submission. It's at the Alleyway, so Buffalo United Artists, Alleyway's Main Street Cabaret. Um, if you want tickets to go, I'll probably be there this Friday. Um, so they are scheduled to move the Ujima Company. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's at Alleyway's Main Street Cabaret, 672 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. Um, they are creating Free Fred Brown, a, tra- a transition play, and hope to announce performances soon. So I had to ask her, and, and I love a good play. I really do. And I had to ask her, you know, were there any programs for children? Because my son also did his acting debut last year with um, an entire full script play. You know, he's like, I think I'm a method actor, this, this, and this. I want him to be able to dream and be able to do whatever he wants to do. That's what we work for, okay? My parents didn't have it like that. They worked to be able to survive, to be able to feed their children. I only have one, you know, and his father and I, we work to be able to make sure that the kids are okay. Now, his father has a daughter, you know, which we love her. She's she's the sweetest little girl. She looks just like my son. I talk about her all the time. I just fell in love with her. So um, her mother, not so much, but, you know, we work it out. So, you know, when I look at my son, I see, and the funny thing is these are not even my hopes and dreams. It's whatever he wants to do. I'm just here to finance it so that you can have an easier start at life. So whether that means you don't have to pay student loans to the tune of, let's see, NYU is, I think, 40000 a year now. 
$160,000 to go to NYU. But do I think he'll get a job? Probably. You understand what I'm saying? Do I think that my child is the next Enzel? I don't know. But I know that I want to give him a chance because we didn't have that opportunity, and that's something I was sharing with Shantina is that when we were kids, you'll see a lot of us now living our lives how we should have lived it in our 20s. We're now doing it in our 40s. And that's because when we were in our 20s, we had to get the money. We had to get the job. We had to be able to support ourselves because we didn't have parents that were like, well, don't worry about it. I'll pay your rent this month. We didn't have, you, they, they didn't have it. And that's not, you know, that's not nothing against them. They just they didn't have it. So there was no such thing as a dream when your parents are just trying to make ends meet. So you're just trying to kind of put yourself in a position where you're not taking from your parents anymore, right? So then once you do that, you're in a job, you're secure for six years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever, then you start saying, okay, I'm, I'm the shit. I, I did what I need to do. Now I want to start doing what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've traveled. I get a Travel and Leisure magazine I, amongst the many periodicals I get. And it's always amazing for me to look through Travel Leisure magazine and say, oh, my God, I've stayed there. <laughs> or, oh, my God, I've, I've been there. I've been to this place. So travel for me has always been very important. So whether that means I banded together a group of females, and was, I always travel with females, with the exception of Saladin and my son. But I'll band together a group of females, we'll hit Bermuda. You know, those that's the things that I live for. So because of that, when I found out that I had, you know, the fibroid tumors and things like that, and they're like, oh, you might have to have surgery and you might be out for two months, I started thinking before we found out they weren't cancerous, because they could be, but they're not, these ones are not, um, I started thinking, like, is there anything that you would have wanted to do that you did not do? And the answer was no. I have my beautiful son, I have my family, there were no words left unsaid with my mother, nor with my father, my brothers and I are close, my sister and I are close, you know what I'm saying, I'm living out my dreams of being able to start renovating homes instead of trying to fix a man, you understand what I'm saying, if that makes sense to you, you know, so I'm a nurturer, so what that means is that I attract what I am. And people always, you know, I got into a conversation yesterday with some, some, you know, white guys that I work with, and they're like, bullshit, everyone has to own their own shit, because I was saying that black men are starting to teach us how to not care, how to move on quickly, how to ghost them in relationships, and how to have relationships with mall kiosk workers. That's what black men are leading women to, to think these days. You know, hoes are winning. That's a fact. They are. They're winning. And the reason that they're winning is because there's no differential between a hoe and a chick that works at the mall or a businesswoman, they're all the same. So they misinterpreted me saying that as if I'm better or as if I'm, no, that's not what I said, but if we keep in a G, I am. You know why? Because I'm the better woman. doesn't have anything to do with my job, whatever money I make. I don't care about titles. In any realm, as long as I'm getting my paper, I don't care what you call me. Just don't call me broke, okay? But what I'm saying is that to a man that's not ready to commit and to settle down, Anything, it doesn't matter what you do. You and that girl are the same, whether she a porn star, whether she, she's an attorney. If he's sleeping with her and he's sleeping with you, you two are the fucking same. And that's where the offense comes in because I work too damn hard to be sharing dick with a female that can't even spell dick. See how that doesn't make sense? And then the same man will put requirements on me. 
but don't put those requirements on her. No, no, no. If we all the same, make her go fucking stand on her forehead and fucking swing from a chandelier and do all this crazy shit that you want me to do. See, you want to go do the nasty shit with her because a lot of black men have the Madonna complex, right? You want to do the nasty shit with her, and then you want to come be with me when it's time to go out and time to do the, do the fly shit. I don't think so. So people took great offense to my post. White men, which is funny, not a black man commented, okay, and black females agreed with me. You know what I'm saying? You are no different than that sister that he is sleeping with. The number one thing that you two have in common is that he lied to you fucking both. And that's my problem with black men. And and the show was originally um, yesterday about lying. You know what I'm saying? The the post, I'm sorry, was originally about lying. Just keep it G. Just be like, yeah, sometimes I, I fuck people. Now, the young cat that I deal with right now, he tells me, you know, I get chicks and da 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 and, you know, this, this, and this. So I'm quite sure that he has not dropped my name but said some shit like, yeah, I'm fucking with this older chick, whatever, whatever. But but it's amazing to me how everybody get their motherfucking feelings hurt when I have somebody that's grown, 10 years older than you, a couple years older than me, that comes to town, treats me with respect, has no issue. Now I stopped fucking with him too because he also lied. So you see what I'm saying? It doesn't matter whether I'm talking to a 32-year-old or a 42-year-old. There's no reason for you to fucking lie. What, what am I going to do? Stab you? Like, for what? At least you letting me know what's up. Because if you're telling me that you're sleeping with other people, that means I can still date other people. And if I choose to sleep with somebody, I'm damn for sure not going to sleep with you. Right? But that's just me. Some girls don't get down like that. And that's why the age rate amongst black women and especially especially amongst uh, married black women is high as hell right now. You can watch Love and Hip Hop right now and see how motherfuckers just be sitting there lying, lying. Everybody's sleeping with everybody, the whole black China Rob, Tyga, the basketball player, and now Chloe, they all sleep. That's disgusting. Just tell the fucking truth. Just say, listen. I'm not ready to settle down. I would like to sample other other puss, okay? And that's it. Now, if you choose to stay, you understand that. But also, in that in that same moment, man, you have to understand that you can't tell her what the fuck to do either. So y'all motherfuckers be out here trying to be selfish and shit. Let me take this call real quick. Caller from the 716. Hey, what up? What up? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on break right now for my preschool class. I saw that you was uh, that you was on. So yeah, I'm we like, got about three minutes. About. You have any commentary you want to add? What, so, what what was you talking about? I just could you summarize what you was uh, just speaking on? I was talking about the fact that I have to explain to my son that he needs to learn to be quiet in in uh-huh. school and in different settings because these are things that later on could save his life based on the shooting of Terrence Kutcher, based on the other shooting of the unarmed black man, based on all these things going on in America right now and just talking about black excellence and how it's schools anymore. We have to teach mm-hmm. our children that. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's not mm-hmm. it's not just us you know, going to school and they're going to get the best education. No, you need to go to school to get that piece of paper so you can excel and go to college or do whatever it is you want to do. However, mm-hmm. it's my job to make sure that on the weekends, and I was saying that my son does his studies under his godfather, you know what I'm saying, for the 5% mm-hmm. nation, that's what makes more sense to him. He's starting to do that, mm-hmm. that he's taking a liking to shooting on the weekends. He's doing the cross-country thing. Now we're trying to get him into acting because it's something he's expressed interest in. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that parents don't understand that. And I just, I, you know, I said I hate to have to have the conversation with my child that he has to dim his light while he's in school so that he could just get along to get along. I said, you mm-hmm. should be like a stealth bomber in school. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like Below you got to be radar. able to survive. You got to be able to survive these encounters so that you can thrive. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And a lot of people exactly. are not learning those skills to navigate this environment in order for them to thrive. You know, I'm seeing it every day, working with these babies, every day. And 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 the thing is too, we I also had to have a conversation about you know parenting and and what is a fact and what is an opinion. I had to have a conversation with a female that said that you know yeah it was bring your father to school day. However, you know I'm tired of seeing all these statistics and you know making it negative and gloomy for the parents that don't have this ideal situation. And what she doesn't understand is that is your opinion that you don't need mm. a father to raise your child. That's not mm-hmm. a fact. That is an opinion. Mm-hmm. The fact is yeah. is that the statistics show that the suicide rate, and let's not even get into black children. You understand what I'm saying? Because then you, you could add like 30% onto that. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what I think that women don't understand is that you may not like him. You may not want to fuck with him. <laughs> he may not be paying. Whatever your child can absorb from his father is necessary because I'm in a situation right now where I'm about to pack mine up and put him on the plane just to see his dad. His father and my and my brother had to have a conversation about yanking him. Like if you need to, you know, you know what I'm saying? If you need to yank him and, and pull him to the side, then that's what you need to do in the event that I'm not there. Mm. He said, as long as it's not abuse, do what you need to do. Because at this point, mm-hmm. he just, my son wants to keep having an opinion, and he doesn't understand. I said, you're not in a position of power. In school, you're not in a position of power. So you don't have anything to say. And I think that it's very astounding to my son that people have to conform. He doesn't get it. Like, he thinks that I just go and everyone listens to me and no one cusses <laughs> me out. And he thinks that his grandfather, who's a, in technology, that people call him and are extra nice to him. He thinks that people in his father's job are very nice to him. His daddy done been <laughs> released from more jobs than I know what to do with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my son doesn't get it. He doesn't understand yeah. why he's not allowed to say the truth. He doesn't understand yeah. why he's not allowed to defend somebody. I said, unless you, unfortunately, unless you see them being raped or being beaten, like jumped, and even still, you go get help. You do not jump in. Do you know how many people have been murdered, killed, all this stuff, just because you were trying to be a good Samaritan? Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. not your job. Let everyone else do their job. My job is to get you home safe because all it takes is that one time for you to be at the mall in a crowd, you trying to explain to the security officer something, he busts you in the head, and now I have to come into the picture. This is what Mm -hmm. we don't want. You understand Uh what I'm saying? This is what we don't Mm -hmm. want. I said, I'll defend you to the ends of the earth if you write and if you followed what I told you to do specifically. But if you didn't follow what I told you to do, you give me no choice but to have to deal with the ammo that you've given the other side, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and I hate mm-hmm. to have to have that conversation with them. I also mm-hmm. hate that, you know, I had a couple of white guys that I work with um, on a post yesterday where I was saying what black men have taught women is how to be cold, how to ghost, how to, you know, sleep with mall workers, this, this, and this. The entire post turns into them saying, well, what's wrong with the mall worker? 
I'm not saying anything's wrong with a mall worker. What I'm saying is that as a woman, as a sister, if if he slept with a mall worker and an attorney, y'all are the same. Exactly. Y'all can't talk trash about each other. You're the same. Exactly. You're in the same boat. He lied to you both. So one is no better than the other, okay? Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that if you ask me, am I a better woman than the mall worker? Probably. Not because she mm-hmm. works at the mall, but just because I don't have to, I'm not wavering in my, in my ability as a woman or in my ability as to treat you a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. So they, you know, got into this whole thing, and I said, the funny thing is, is that you notice that not one black man commented on this stat and not one black woman disagreed with me. I said dating is very different in the black community right now than it is in the native culture, than it is in the white community. You understand what I'm saying? You guys have different sets of issues. You know, maybe crystal meth, I don't know. You have different sets of issues. You know, we don't have those issues. We have issues where men are just straight up lying for no reason, and now women, black women, are becoming the number one diagnosed group of, of new AIDS cases. Just turn on the TV. We could watch Love and Hip Hop all day and, 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 and the Kardashians and just see where the swapping of fluids is going on. Yep. This one's pregnant, that one's it's disgusting. You know? Uh, so did you have any commentary about that? Yeah, well like um what you're saying is important in terms of no matter what you're really doing or what kind of social status you have, if he's treating y'all the same, y'all are the same. Exactly. Going back and forth thinking that you're better than somebody else and, and all this other stuff. It's like <laughs> you're not addressing the problem by, you know, dealing with the same person. And I've also told you people, like, I mean? somebody was like, you know, I don't want to put a title on. I said, you can't put a title on me. I said, you know what title I want? I just want to say, you know what, he loves her. That's it. That's the only title I want. You know what? He cares about her. He would he would take mm-hmm. a bullet for her. He would kill somebody for her. That's all I want to hear you say. I don't want to hear you say that's wife E. That's his his MILF. That's his older chick. I'm none of those things. I'm somebody that he's not gonna leave for you. That say that. You understand what I'm saying? Say say that's somebody that he loves. He love her. You understand what I'm saying? Because anything else doesn't really matter to me. You understand what I'm saying? So women can yeah. sit there and, you know, oh, I have a title. And we, you have nothing. Even if y'all married, that doesn't mean anything. If he don't love you, yeah, you have a loveless marriage. He's going to leave anyway. It doesn't matter. I'd mm-hmm. rather be loved. That's the number one title I want. I want to be loved. That's it. For, for mm-hmm. You know, forever. I want somebody yeah. who's like, I'm never letting her go. Other than that, all of it means nothing. What about you? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, that loyalty. That commitment, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, not to a fault, but to a legacy. You know what I there mean? you go. There you go. <laughs> like, I'm currently waiting to, you know, get the approval to get my house situation in order, uh-huh. one of the houses that I want to renovate, so I have to look on that. Um, and I'm trying to explain to this man, like, you need to be getting one of these homes because the number one thing of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the, the the basic part, is shelter. So without shelter, mm-hmm. nothing else can conform. You can't keep staying in hotels and motels and, and packing up your toiletries and living out your car and doing all that. You have to grow the fuck up at mm-hmm. some point as a man, as mm-hmm. a female. You have to grow up and say, you know what, these are the things that are important to me. 
When I found out that I was sick a couple weeks ago, one of the things that I was so thankful for was the fact that I have freaking insurance. My insurance is awesome. Because if I didn't have that, that surgery would have been sixteen thousand. If I didn't have that, that wow. radiology bill two grand. Man. You know, so these Man. are things that adults have to think about. So when people ask me like, well, why do you work there and you have this book and you have this successful thing? Because I get money. If they're going to pay me to do oh, something yeah. that I love, that I've been doing, that pays my four hundred one k, and that gives me all these perks as well as pays my insurance, I'm gonna do it. Because I've mm-hmm. been a, a 1099 employee before when I was a broker and paid my own insurance. It's not cheap, and it's not even the best care. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I do what mm-hmm. I have to do so that my son doesn't have to worry about any of that. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I ran into Shantina Moore. I don't know if you remember her. And mm-hmm. uh, she's doing really well. She's with the Ujima Theater and all that other stuff. So she's doing yeah. the show that we were talking about yeah. uh, this weekend. I might go on Friday, and we were just talking about the fact that, you know what, it's it's amazing that when we were kids, our parents were just trying to make ends meet. So we couldn't really afford to dream as much as our children can. Our mm. children can afford to dream because they know that they have help, even if it's just in the form of let me send you a care package or mm-hmm. let me, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. My son can afford to dream. If he want to go to NYU and there's 40 stacks a year, well, we're going to have to figure it out because that, mm-hmm. that's where he want to go. He want to go to culinary school and there's 45000 for two years, that's what he can mm-hmm. do. But he can make mm-hmm. that choice, and I think that, Part of the reason that the Blue Ivies and the Willow Smiths and the Jaden Smiths are bothersome to black people is because we never seen black kids with money. Mm. Aside from Carlton and the Huxtables, mm. we, never, we never seen, like, real-life black kids that had wealth. They don't just have money. They have wealth, <clears throat> you know. So yeah. that's crazy to me. Yeah. So. For me, that is what is most important as opposed to everything else that's going on is just making sure that my son learns to have that basic level of respect so that we Mm -hmm. don't have to worry about him being shot down like a Terrence Kutcher or him being, you know what I'm saying, just anything, even a Trayvon Martin situation. Yeah, yeah. That's my concern. Yeah, definitely. Well, you give him the right insight because there's a lot of our children that's not getting that kind of input. Well, he starts back his shooting next month because I want to give him a month to conform to his cross-country. And then he starts back shooting next month. And then after that, he, um, he'll he go, we'll try to get him into some sort of acting or directing classes and things like that. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people. It's not a problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he can afford to dream. I just couldn't do that at that age. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, my you baby, they get ready. Yeah, they napping right now. I got ready to get ready to get them up front. Okay, school, well, so. thank you for calling, and right. I will talk to you soon. Okay. All right. And we're going to end the show on that note, and I'll be back with you guys next week on Manic Monday. Hello.